0: Hi, I'm Justin Rosso, and welcome to this episode 11 of Season 2 of the Next Step Podcast, where we help you take a next step. Today, Pat Meyer, one of the founders of Visual Faith Ministry, will be joining us to talk about Chapter 11. She was the illustrator for Chapter 11, and we'll be talking about the hymn, O God Our Help in Ages Past. We'll be looking at God's action in the past and God's promise for the future as a way of entrusting our present circumstances to our present God. After a brief introduction, you'll hear Pat read verses from Psalm 22 on page 107 from the Pondra New Hymn Journal of Trust and Confidence. You might recognize verse 1 of Psalm 22, Jesus quotes that psalm on the cross, that means He's probably invoking the entire psalm as He experiences the darkness and abandonment of Good Friday. You'll hear Pat and me talk about the psalm, and then we'll discuss the movement and the meaning of Pat's artwork on page 105. You'll hear me read the devotion on page 108, and we'll also get to talk about the bonus verses of the hymn you can find on page 110. One of the really striking features of this chapter is the triptych prayer experiment on pages 110 and 111. You'll hear us talk a little bit about the history of the triptych in the history of religious art, And we'll also specifically talk about the details of Pat's illustration. Before we're done, we'll discuss what Next Step Jesus might be inviting us to take this week. So whatever you're doing, wherever you are, welcome. We're glad you're here as Pat and I talk about, oh God, our help in ages past. Pat Meyer joins us today on the Next Step Podcast. Pat, welcome back.
1: Thanks for having me, Justin.
0: And where in the world are you today?
1: I am in my home up in Frankfort, Michigan. I have gone for an early morning walk while it was cool and now the sun's out and beating down and I'm inside in my air conditioning talking to you. Nice. <laughs> hey, what's
0: <laughs> uh, what's your summer of COVID 2020 been like?
1: Well, it's been kind of quiet. We've been able to see our children at different points, but we're pretty much social distancing, trying to stay home. For us, for Dave and myself, who travel a lot, it's it's kind of been a nice respite, mm. although we dreadfully miss being with people, because that's, that's just what we do, yeah. so we miss that a lot, yeah.
0: And do I understand correctly, did I hear that you're expecting another grandbaby soon?
1: We are. Our daughter Hannah's due August 15th, so uh, my my little travel bag is partly packed, <laughs> and uh, we drove two cars up here, so I am ready to go. Excellent. Well, congratulations. <laughs> We're excited. Yeah, thank you.
0: What what number grandchild will that be for you guys?
1: This is number five. Our oldest daughter has three. Hannah has one child so far, and then this one that's on the way.
0: Awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. Well, before we read the uh, the psalm on page 107, let's begin with a word of prayer. Okay. Come, Holy Spirit, and be present with us today. Thank you for this chance to gather around your word. Please open our hearts and our minds. Just as you inspired these words to be written, will you please inspire our hearts to understand them and and use them also to point us to Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. All right, I will be reading from Psalm 22, um, some selected verses. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, He has done it.
0: Thanks, Pat. Hey, reading those verses this time around, was there anything that jumped out at you?
1: you know that last phrase he has done it i i think i've read that song before and I, it just has it had never uh jumped out at me just the fact of looking back at the the people from the beginning of time from god's people how they put their trust in him you know and they went through a lot of uh trial and tribulation and he delivered them so just that picture for us today in our trials to look at that and see what God has done. Why, why would he not do any different now for us?
0: Yeah, thanks. Uh, of course, this Psalm 22, it, verse 1 is what Jesus quotes. It's one of the last words of Jesus from the yes. cross. We typically count that mm-hmm. as, as the fourth word. I, w- I was surprised to find that this is the only word that's in more than one gospel. So this saying from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Is it, it both in Matthew 27 and in Mark 15? And it's the only word mm-hmm. that's the, that only saying of Jesus from the cross that's in more than one gospel. Huh. Uh, I was really I struck by that. Yeah. And, and both for Matthew and Mark, this is a very royal scene. The crucifixion is that the kingship of Jesus is really clear in the crucifixion. Yes. And so I think it's cool that this is a Psalm of, of King David, too. That kind of picks up on on the theme that's in the devotion for this chapter. It's called Our Hope for Years to Come. In excruciating pain close to death, King Jesus echoes the words of King David, words that hold on to God's faithful action in the past, as well as God's faithful promise for the future. In the moment, both David and Jesus speak of separation from God, the first king in his sin, the second in his innocence. There on the cross, Jesus experiences the full abandonment of God, complete separation from the Father in a way that you and I, by God's grace, never will. But even that prayer of abandonment turns to God's action in the past and God's promise for the future to invite and invoke God's presence in the present. Our ancestors put their trust in you and you delivered them. Praise the king in a moment of pain and confusion and loneliness. And future generations will declare your righteous actions, past and future. And I need you right now. You have a God who has been faithful in the past, in your past. You have a God who has made faithful promises for the future, for your future. You have a God who is there for you in the midst of your present, even when your God feels far away. Jesus does not get an immediate answer to his prayer. Jesus has to walk through death before God finally saves and vindicates and glorifies him. But in the present, Jesus entrusts his future to the faithful God of his past, and so do we. The the title for the devotion, Our Hope for Years to Come, of course, comes from the very first stanza of this hymn, O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. That juxtaposition, help from the past, hope for years to come, that's so clear there in Psalm 22 our shelter from the stormy blast, and our eternal home. Uh, those are words, Pat, that you chose to put on the the main artwork here at the beginning of this chapter on page 105. You've got words from that first verse. Would you talk to me a little bit about that artwork?
1: Yeah. Um, I guess I I was so excited to do this hymn because it's a hymn that I, have, I learned from a very early age. The memory curriculum of my Lutheran grade school uh, that I went to had this as one of the memory verses. And so it's been, I'd memorized it and it's been in my head for a long time. And so, you know, the words not only carry the meaning of comfort in the words themselves for me now, but also a memory of a time of childlike trust. You know, when I first memorized them, a time of protection and peace, when I had no experience of stormy blasts yet, you know, as a child. a time of blissful ignorance and a, a satisfaction in my present, kind of unaware of future troubles or even the need of a hope to come. I just, I, you know, it. I think that when we associate the words of a hymn like this with when we learned it as a child, it brings all that together and so that first verse is what I, I chose to focus on and so it's kind of cool that you you chose our hope for years to come for the title of your devotion because that's the only phrase from there <laughs> I didn't use so you know every phrase got its attention there yeah. you know yeah and and so I think to bring all the phrases together in one image I ended up kind of doing them backwards hmm. because for the image I wanted to use oh God our help in ages past and the thing that was just forefront in my mind was God parting the red sea that that great rescue of his people back then that image of the waves parting for me could fit into an image also of the storms so mm. you know in the bottom i you know the bottom of the image i started with that story and of and the image from that story of Moses leading the people through the Red Sea with the waves parting. Yeah. Oh, God, our help in ages past. And then moving up to the shelter from the stormy blast, which is a memory of the the rescue in the storm mm-hmm. of the disciples, you know, when he was with the disciples. But it's also, for us today, a rich visual application to our present storms of life. Mm-hmm. You know, waves going up and then down, the calm seas and then the stu- sudden storms. And applicable... To what we're going through today, you know, the pre-pandemic, when I think of what I was doing in January, Hmm. when I was like oblivious, you know, my husband and I were traveling, we took a little vacation, it was very calm, it was fun, and then all of a sudden, this storm, this, this quarantine was dropped on top of us. So so that whole image I think is something that everybody can relate to. And then our eternal home. I think of, you know, when there's a storm, sometimes you see those clouds. Yeah. Maybe when a storm is coming and there's just that little opening where you can just see the sun still up there. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And and for us it's not S U N, it's S O N and our mm-hmm. eternal home, that break in the clouds, that hope we have that we know it's there and we're traveling towards it in our life.
0: I, I love that, breaking the clouds. There have been a couple times this summer where it's been bright sun while it's been raining. Like, there's dark clouds yes. all around, and, and yet mm-hmm. there's also sunshine. And that kind of, yeah. you know that reality is there, even when the, the clouds kind of hide it at times.
1: Sometimes you get that that extra blessing of the rainbow. Oh, yeah. the promise of hope, too. Yeah. yeah.
0: Talk about promises. Yeah. God's, God's mm-hmm. promise. Faithful action in the past. His faithful action in the future. So right. Moses... Taking the people through the Red Sea, boy, is that clear. And it's amazing how with just a few strokes of the pen you can make that. I mean, it's just absolutely what it is. There it is. I can see it. You can see Moses. I knew what it was. Didn't have to guess. <laughs> that that faithful action, the rainbow, kind of that thought fits in there too. And certainly yeah. I thought of Jesus calming the storm there. And you can kind of see the, the cross with a little bit of tattered sail on it almost.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right in the center. Yeah, right in the center. center. Got to keep our eyes on that. It
0: makes me think of of the church. The church is often referred to as a ship as well. So in in this time of COVID, Mm -hmm. when congregations are figuring out who wears masks and and which service you have to come to and... and, uh, I mean, I've heard of congregations who have like one service where masks are optional and one service where masks are required. It's it's kind of the new worship wars. Uh, is it traditional yes, or, or yeah. contemporary? Well, no, it's masks and no masks. So <laughs> it's just a confusing time to be alive, and we're getting blown all over the place. But the cross of Jesus uh, holds us firm. That's a, I, I love this image, the movement in it. Uh, the way it flows. And I love how you did it from the bottom to the top, the way you've shaped the pathway through the sea. It moves straight up to the cross and then to to the break in the clouds. It's a beautiful image. Thank you for that.
1: Well, good. I tried to leave uh, little spaces there too, so if if people had thoughts or prayers they wanted to write in there, that there was room for that.
0: Absolutely. No, that's wonderful. I chose that first verse to focus my devotion on. Is there another verse in this hymn that really meant something important to you?
1: Well, you know, reading down through the verses um, on page 109, I think I can't help but apply it to our time today. It seems like this time of quarantining and the pandemic is going on forever. And I've heard people say, I am so done with it. <laughs> and I, I agree, I agree. That fourth verse, a thousand ages in thy sight are like an evening God. You know, just applying that to today. Mm-hmm. And then time, like an ever-rolling stream, soon bears us all away. You know, time right now, I, it's hard for me to even remember what day it is, especially if I'm not attending church. Yeah. You know, I'm doing it at home online, but I don't have that marker yeah. in my day, that travel out to worship with people to mark the time. But I guess the, the most specific verse that really touched me was, Return, O God of love, return. Earth is a tiresome place. How long shall we thy children mourn our absence from thy face? Mm. So especially now that verse just, and, and I guess uh, I call it the three Ps, <laughs> <laughs> what we're dealing with right now, the pandemic, and prejudice and politics. Mm. I know that those issues are causing a lot of anxiety and stress in a lot of people's lives right now. So it just makes us long for God's return. It is a tiresome place we live in right now.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love that you picked the verses on on page 110. If anybody compared the hymn on page one nine and one ten with the the music on page one o three, you would notice that there are six verses on page one o three, and then you get these bonus verses on page one ten. And I'm pretty sure I do not have my Lutheran Service Book on my desk next to me. My dad is up in Michigan, and his pastor down in Florida. Came down with COVID and has been hospitalized. He's now out of the hospital and doing better. But my dad got called in to preach as soon as he gets back down to Florida. So he borrowed my LSB. I was gonna check. But I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure we don't have those three verses in the on the top of 110 in the LSB. Mm-hmm. And and if I remember correctly, there are, you know, there's like 17 different verses and different hymnals pick different ones. But these three were important to me mm-hmm. to include return, O God of Love, return. Earth is a tiresome place. How long shall we, thy children, mourn our absence from thy face? Thy wonders to thy servants show, make thine own work complete. Then shall our souls thy glory know, and own thy love was great. Then shall we shine before thy throne in all thy beauty, Lord. And the poor service we have done meet a divine reward. Uh, Focus on God's past action and how faithful He was, God's promise for the future, and those two realities shape our present right now in really important ways. Past, future, and then also present. And I guess that's what I love about the triptych, then on page 111. <laughs> it's got three different scenes, our God, our help, and ages past, that's the, the scene in the far left, and then return, O love of God, return, that's the future promise on the far right. And then right today under the shadow of thy throne is, is our present kind of panel there. Would you talk to me some about this mm-hmm. triptych and how it came about?
1: Sure. First of all, thanks for including those three last verses. Mm-hmm. I just, they really speak to me. So I, thanks for including those in the journal. I was excited to do this triptych because I loved my art history classes. <laughs> and so I, knew, I actually knew what a triptych was. So what I did is I looked up some pictures, you know, Googled images of triptychs. Uh-huh. And um, so I wanted to make it look exactly like they looked. And they were very often ornately carved frames of wood. And then they were joined together by hinges there. So I tried to do that in the images to get, give people an idea of what they would look like. It was really nice to connect to Anne's Rock of Help. In our Oh, God, our help in ages past. So then just trying to uh, use some of the intricate carvings that would be in a triptych, trying to, like, like in the carving at the top of the right and left hand triptychs, there's kind of like a little flower with three points to it. So trying to bring in some symbolism of the triune God. Mm-hmm. And then below in that carving, that um, kind of vine with the fruit, those are pomegranates. And I saw I think that. I noticed. Actually, I
0: recognized those as pomegranates.
1: Yes, yes. And I think you actually suggested that, um, Justin. And I looked up pomegranates. So it was an ancient symbol used in many different religions and had different meanings in the different mm-hmm. religions. But in Christianity, it was often a symbol of wisdom, of resurrection, life everlasting, yeah. and then even representative of the church and then the seeds within of individual congregations. So mm. I just thought it was a neat symbol, and it was often used in the carving. So just to kind of connect with what a triptych was and the his, history of that.
0: So you, you've you had some art history, and, and I know you looked into it. Would you just tell us mm-hmm. again what a triptych – what what the heck is a triptych? What is that? Like, like I remember – do you remember these? Do you remember – you could go to like a, uh, AAA, and you could say, I'm going to go from <laughs> – Flint, Michigan to Orlando, Florida, and you would get, actually, they would make you and print out, it's, it's like Google Maps before there's Google Maps. Do you remember those triptychs?
1: That's right. That was a triptych.
0: <laughs> so this is not that. So, so what is this?
1: No, I think the spelling might be different. I, think, I don't know. I think probably. So I think it's, you know, I don't really remember exactly, but it's a triple paneled piece of art. Mm-hmm. And so I think there was a connection to the triune God very often. And so for th- for this one, I did include a lot of symbols of the Trinity, especially in that center one. You can see uh, the symbol at the very top. And then in the bottom two corners, there is kind of a trefoil mm-hmm. symbol for the Triune God. Mm-hmm. And so, just including the the symbols. So, in the in the one for the future that's on the far right, you know, that's the saints of God praising Him with the palms, and then leaving space there, you know, for your assignment, our prayer assignment, right. you know, to write in in the words, and then the center one too, just the the protection under the shadow of Thy throne, those wings, the angel wings, you know where uh, God sends his angels to guard over us. So having that kind of as a frame for what we're going to think about and pray about and write down there. Yeah, it's it's
0: a very worshipful piece. It's got the, the saints before the throne and the far right panel. Uh, it's mm-hmm. It belongs in a sanctuary. I think triptychs often, their church art, they're often hung above the altar. And the reason they're on hinges mm-hmm. is so that you could close them and protect the artwork and then open that up and it would be visible. Not all triptychs get open and closed like that, but that's why they have hinges. And some of them would be massive and carved. And I just, the way you were able to make this feel like a carving almost is really wonderful. I love the sun and the moon and stars and the the, the vines and the plants. There's just so much energy there. And I know pomegranates were a part of the temple decoration too in the Old Testament. So there's a real worship connection here. Love
1: it. Well, and I think because it is so so detailed um, too for the prayer part of it, it gives a lot of you know if if people want to sit and just color in these spaces and pray as they go it it creates a lot of space and time for prayer too. So um, that's a reason for the, the detail as well. You know, in some of our older churches, you know, when I worship in a Gothic style church, like my home church in Trinity Monroe is like that. Um, it's not really a triptych up in front, but very often you have that center part of the altar where you have a big picture and then there's two smaller ones or two statuettes on the side. So it's kind of reminiscent of a triptych as well absolutely uh, in some of our churches you see today yeah
0: this sanctuary feeling is is there also in 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 your yes. drawing on page 111
1: Oh, i like that too so the sanctuary can be when we worship in church but our sanctuary can also be our worship at home yes absolutely yeah
0: yeah. On the far left, O God, our help in ages past. That stone, of course, as you mentioned, that's a, a your kind of version of Anne's artwork from the previous chapter. That was the Ezer Eben the Ebenezer, the stone of help. That that was the story where uh, the prophet set up the stone of help to remind Israel how far God had helped them. So that's the the God's help in the past. And then we've got the promise of, of the heavenly worship on the far right, and then the protection under the shadow of thy throne right there in the middle. I'm looking forward to working with this some more.
1: Yes, I am too.
0: Would you help me understand how the artwork we've looked at today fits with what you are all about in in visual faith ministry?
1: When I sit down to create something for an assignment like this, I um, I do a lot of reflecting, Justin. I I always want to find an image that that fits in or reflects what's in the, and, and you've given me a lot to work with here, you know, the hymn lyrics, the devotion, the scripture. So just reading through all that and trying to pick out nuggets of truth or words that would fit into the image from that. Because I always think, you know, how will... You know, lots of people like to color and, and uh, you know, to fill in. So that's a blessing, you know, to spend that time because I think the coloring and the sl- helps you slow down and focus uh, during a prayer time like, like using this triptych experiment. But also I try and think, so how can my image help someone understand the truths and the words more too? So always trying to pull in something from the words that I'm reflecting on. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and I think that's another way that this connects to art in the sanctuary. Art sometimes preaches the gospel. It gives us a a handle on the words of truth in ways that we can see and engage in and remember. Uh, There's reasons why those symbols symbolize the Trinity or or those, boy, those powerful wings. I'll I'll be able to remember those wings even when I'm not coloring or praying Uh, through them. So,
1: you know, it's interesting that you mentioned uh, the church sanctuary too, because that was the very first example of visual faith that we have is, is the, the artwork done in churches and the stained glass windows mm. um, at a time when people did not have the scriptures to read and many people were illiterate. So the only way they could see, or sometimes even understand, because sometimes the services were in Latin And they Mm -hmm. didn't speak that language or -hmm. understand that language. So, and even in the Bibles that were illustrated back then, you know, the the beautiful um, side uh, margin illustrations in Bibles is how they would know what story was happening. You know, they could look at it and see it. Um, Yeah. So I I love it when when churches do put together a story of their uh, stained glass windows. Because sometimes in stained glass, you know, it's hard to see what is happening. But when you know it and then you sit in church and then you see that picture and you're reminded of it, and like you said, you can picture it later on and be reminded of those truths. That's an awesome thing.
0: Absolutely. Uh, that's one reason why I enjoy doing, doing this with you, Pat, is because you get to, to help me see through your eyes what you're doing. And then when I engage it, I see it's like the stained glass. There's surprises there. I get to engage it at a, at a whole other level. So thanks for taking time with us today.
1: Well, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. I always love talking with you, Justin.
0: Hey, before we we're done, is is there anything we talked about today? Anything we read? Anything we processed together that might be an invitation in your life this week to kind of take a next step following Jesus?
1: That one verse, uh, the one of the verses that you discovered that were to the <laughs> the um, Thy wonders to Thy servants show, make Thine own work complete. Then shall our souls Thy glory know and own Thy love was great. So just just to revel in god's wonders to see how he's been faithful to us to maybe spend a little more time in in scripture this week and and uh just be confident in in seeing his action and knowing that that action is taking place in my life right now
0: Mm. awesome that's that's a great next step I was surprised to find that only Matthew and Mark record that word from the cross and that that was the only words that they recorded. So, I mean, I know the seven last words, don't you? And we kind of Mm -hmm. have, uh, Mm -hmm. we've amalgamated the crucifixion accounts from the four gospels just kind of naturally. And that's not all bad. But each of the four gospel writers is giving us a different perspective on purpose. So there's an Andrew Peterson song that takes all of the seven words and kind of layers them on top of each other. And I think this week I'll take some time to oh, go back yeah. and, and read, at, while I'm working with this triptych, I'm going to go back and read the four different gospel accounts and just try to get the separate perspectives as well as the one together. So I think that'll be my next step this week.
1: That sounds good. Maybe I'll do it too. Cool. That'd be
0: awesome. We follow Jesus better when we follow him together. So.
1: And we do. We do.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Pat. So great to talk to you. I look forward to a time when when, when we get to see each other face-to-face. And, and then also when we get to see Jesus face-to-face. But I'll be glad to see you uh, when I get a chance.
1: Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Justin. God bless.
0: That was Pat Meyer, one of the illustrators for Pondra New and a co-founder of Visual Faith Ministry. I'll be linking to Visual Faith Ministry's webpage in the description of this podcast. In our introduction today, Pat mentioned that they were expecting a fifth grandchild, where their family has since been blessed by the birth of Ella Bliss. Congratulations, Pat and family. I also said that my family was getting tested for the coronavirus, and thankfully that test came back negative, so I was able to preach at the installation of a good friend this last Sunday. You can read a version of that sermon in the article I link also in the description of the podcast. Pat Meyer was our guest for Season 1, Episode 7 of our Next Step podcast, Go to Dark Gethsemane. You can find that episode, as well as some of the blogs Pat has written for the Next Step community, on community.findmynextstep.org. Don't worry, I'll link it in the description. This entire Season 2 of the Next Step podcast is made possible by the generous support of Next Step patrons, like you. Today we especially recognize Richard and Deanna for their ongoing support of our mission and ministry. Thank you Deanna and Richard for everything you do to help us equip others for their next step following Jesus. If now's the right time for you to make that kind of regular monthly commitment to the mission of resourcing Next Step Discipleship, please consider becoming a Next Step patron today. You can find out more about what it means to be a patron and see some of the benefits patrons receive at www.patreon.com forward slash findmynextstep. I'll put a link in the description. Well, as always, we follow Jesus better as we follow him together. So as you go out into your week today, remember, you can entrust your present to the God who is faithful in your past and the God who has made faithful promises about your future. What an exciting way to live discipleship is if it were an adventure of discovering what Jesus was up to in your life and in the lives of the people around you. So glad you were with us today. We'll see you next time at Next Step Press.